you've got 12 minutes until it's a disaster. 12 minutes. Oh, because mm. it's at 6 o'clock it kicks in, yeah? 6 p.m. Stage 4, here we come. Usually, usually... Uh, stage 4 is really not that different from stage 3, can I point out? Why? What's, what's actually different? The only thing that's different is you can't go shopping or exercise after 8 o'clock, which means is the supermarket going to close at 8 o'clock tonight? Oh, yeah. Because true. if it's open, can you go? I think these questions should have um, been asked at the press conference, but they, they weren't, unfortunately. <laughs> Woolworths had to immediately put product on product limits. Mate, did you see the, the, the fucking lines? Can I say, I went to the supermarket at, like, midday. Yeah. I raised, I'd gone and got a coffee in the morning because I went into the studio because the girls were filming. Yeah. So I had to take my laptop in and stuff, and yeah. I went and got a coffee. Yeah. And let me tell you. Tell me. The fucking place was packed already. I got toilet paper, and then I was like, I'll come back, and I rang that, and I was like, dude, I'm going to go and get um some food. Like, are you going to? She's like, yeah, I'll come with you, cool. So we went, and mm. it pretty much, there was no meat left. <laughs> yeah, because, because all the abattoirs. That message about fucking abattoirs. Yeah. Um, there, there, is, they, there is things we can eat other than meat. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't care. About, <laughs> Fernando brought me like four packets of the vegetarian meat I asked him to buy. Yeah. I was like, on the way on the way to my house, can you please go pick up this? It's really expensive. So I was like, I don't want to go back in the town. And I was like, well, worse. And I went to Coles. <laughs> and he got me like four packets or something. I was like, thanks. Oh, but man. honestly, like, it's no different. Yeah, you it's... already weren't supposed to go across suburbs to go get food or anything like that. Yeah, but but so... now you're not meant to do it even more. <laughs> now you're <laughs> really not supposed to do it. Yeah, and and the like the... people were already getting fined for it. You're not allowed to go across Melbourne to go exercise, but I think that they couldn't legally. Do you know what I mean? Until if they made it a state a disaster. Yeah, so now it's more legally enforced, right? The only difference really is the curfew and then we'll see what they say about workplaces because I think that they're closing retail. Yeah. Um, hardware stores and stuff will stay open but only for trade. Yeah. And I think places will be able to do click and collect though, surely. Yeah. Do you know what I was thinking? The timing of my podcast with Stace yesterday was just excellent. Because, oh really? Yeah, because it was a COVID nineteen mental health. Yeah, yeah, sure. On. Yeah, um, I'm actually going to pull it together now. Hey, um, Elise, I recorded the start of this conversation because I want to use it as as the intro to the podcast. Is that all right? Oh yeah, of course. going to be a sort of COVID-focused mental health episode. So thank you. Yes. Thank you for uh, agreeing to, to do this. Now, yeah, of course. one thing that I noticed is is trending on, on Instagram and, and actually through like a lot of pages is the whole, oh, don't let, don't let COVID, right? Don't let a pandemic, a good pandemic go to waste. You know, work on yourself, yeah. reach... You know, learn something new, etc. Like, which is good in in terms of okay, learn a new skill. Like, learning a new skill is never really something to sort of frown upon, right? But 
I sort of feel like that sort of thing might put a bit more unnecessary pressure on people um, that might not be necessarily coping with what's going on so well. And then having that added pressure of, oh, not only do you have to worry about a pandemic, if you're not doing something productive during, then you've wasted it, right? Yeah. So what's, what's the sort of, what's the take on that? All right, so if we want to get full psychologist based here. Yes, let's right. do it. I'm going to share my screen with you, but I'll explain it as well because I know not everyone's going to watch this um, video-wise, so yeah. I'll give a proper, like, touch base on it, but I'll share my screen, okay? Perfect. All right, so um, oh, you need to let me share my screen. Do I? <laughs> yeah. Wow, this is... Uh... disabled participant screen sharing. Have I? So, okay. Me, this is what to... COVID life is like. It's everybody playing, I call it Zoom bingo. Okay. Yeah. So Zoom bingo is how many times can you say you need to unmute yourself? <laughs> Share your screen. <laughs> hey, you froze. That's, that's literally life now. Uh, I'm, I'm waiting for the moment that someone's like partner or someone they're living with sort of just walks in the background in their underwear during a meeting. Why do you reckon I've got a wall behind me? Like I'm very... <laughs> <laughs> I'm running a risk with the door. All right. Let's you definitely see. are. I'm yeah. waiting for my dog to just jump into the room. So if that happens, I'll just show her. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Share screen. Uh, wow. This is this is signs that I'm getting out of touch with technology in my old age. <laughs> Where is it? Optimize. Okay. That's fine. Oh, do you know what, Stace? I just I think I've just gone allow participants to share screen. So we we're in we're in business now. We're in business. We are in business. There we go. Okay, sweet. Perfect. All right. All right. Cool. So what we're looking at is what we call Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yes. Okay. So lots of people have heard of it. Not everyone's seen it. Sometimes when you show it, people go, Oh yeah, I've seen this thing. But what it basically refers to is um so Maslow was this philosopher guy along long time ago who studied human behavior and stuff like that and he worked out that we've all got a set of basic human needs that need to be achieved in order for us to reach what we call self-actualization which is just an overall sense of fulfillment and well-being yeah yeah but in order to get you got to actually tick a few boxes first so mm -hmm. all of these are really important but some of them are a bit more important than others mm -hmm. so just people who are listening on a podcast instead of watching what we're looking at is like a pyramid okay so imagine a food pyramid but replace the food with words okay what we've got on the bottom of the pyramid is what we call our physiological needs and these are the number one things that we have to focus on first before we can even consider other stuff okay so this is the base of our pyramid and until you get a solid base you're not able to build on top of it okay yeah. so physiological needs refer to stuff like food water shelter warmth having appropriate rest and having appropriate health okay yeah. so if you've got all of those that's your basic needs it's like sweet i can now move up to the next level and the next level refers to our safety needs and this is security and safety all right what i mean by that is imagine i gave if you access to probably like the best hotel in the entire universe, you've got access to a private chef, a masseuse, you can order anything you want from Uber Eats, you can, um, you've got all the money in the world, yeah. But at the end of seven days, that's all gone, okay? In seven days from day one, you will end out on the street with nothing but the clothes on your back, no money, no connections, absolutely nothing, yeah. okay? 
most people are not able to then enjoy those seven days because all they're thinking about is, well, what happens on day eight? You know, there's no safety in that. There's no security in that. There's no being able to forward plan and actually decide, well, what am I going to do with the rest of my time? So you're not spending those seven days living it up. You're spending those seven days saying, what am I going to do after it? Yeah. 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 So that's, we need a sense of certainty and we need a sense of security at, at times. So if we don't have that, it makes any other kind of things really difficult to achieve. All right. But if you do have safety needs, so if you've got security and safety and you know, okay, cool, I've got my house for, you know, the foreseeable future. I know where my paycheck's coming from. I know that I can just move forward. Then you can start moving up the pyramid again. So you can go to things like belongingness and love needs, which is your intimate relationships, your friends, your family. So that's time where you can connect with others and really dedicate your time and energy to that. Yeah. If you talk about that, this is your more your psychological needs. Then you can work on stuff which is your esteem needs. So this is the sense of a prestige and feeling of accomplishment. So this is anything that kind of gives you a sense of pride or achievement. Yeah. Okay. Um, I often refer to this as our work needs because it's kind of what we get from work. You know, work is one of the only places where you can go dedicate your time to something you care about and really feel like you've fulfilled your day or you've been productive or, you know, the boss gives you a slap on the back and says, that was awesome. You get those yeah. warm little fuzzies. Yeah. Could, could that also be things like exercise, training? Yeah. yeah. 100%. Yeah, it's yeah. any goal, really. So work is just anything that you put time, effort, and energy to, isn't it? Yeah. So if you then get a sense of achievement or pride from that, then you're meeting your esteem needs. Yeah. Okay. Once you've hit that one, then you get to the lovely top of the pyramid, which is self-actualization, and this mm -hmm. is your self-fulfillment needs. So you can work on achieving your full potential, really growing, um, starting to use a lot of insight, understanding where your needs for growth and development are and actively working on them. Yeah? Yeah. What we mean by the whole, like, hey, be your best self. Yeah. Okay. yeah. But slight issue with that. So, you know how you said people are feeling pressure to be their best self during a pandemic? Yeah. yeah. That's nice. We're not there, guys. <laughs> okay. We're at the bottom of this pyramid. So, we are still at the physiological and the safety needs. That's what we're focusing on right now. Yeah. You know, like, we don't have certainty or security at this stage. Every week there's a brand new announcement happening. You know, we don't know if there's going to be 700 cases tomorrow or 800 or 900 or a thousand, or are we going into stage four? If we are constantly thinking, well, I don't know what's happening tomorrow. It makes it really hard to focus on level three, four, and five. Of the yeah. Really focusing on one and two. Yeah. So that, that's interesting. And, and I, I do find, so I, uh, I'm looking at the safety needs and, and physio physiological needs, right? And those are the sort of the mm. base, right? The first two that you need. And yeah. let's say we didn't have the pandemic there, then we're probably actually just on our sort of normal day to day. We're probably actually sitting at esteem needs usually, right? Because oh. if we didn't have the pandemic to worry about, we'd, we'd, you know, we'd still be going out, seeing our friends, still be going to work. Um, some of us are fortunate to still be working during, but, um, you know, you could, you could even, you know, be going to the gym, doing your exercise and that sort of thing to meet your esteem needs, right? So it's almost yeah. like that those, you know, levels three and four have just been stripped away and, and yeah. stripped away quite, quite suddenly. So would that, that would obviously impact mental health and your, your sort of anxiety levels and, and feelings, right? Oh, 100%. So, I mean, that's where a lot of this pressure to... 
as we've said, be your best self. It's a bit misplaced at the moment. We're not yeah. trying to focus on bettering ourselves at this stage. We're trying to survive a pandemic. And I think yeah. that's one of the key reminders for people is it's nice to have goals and we can talk about that later, but you need to be mindful. We are in a global pandemic, which is a threat to safety and security. Yeah. So we're going to focus on is that. Yeah. Well, so if, if um, someone does see those, those sort of posts about, oh, don't let, you know, don't let isolation go to waste, blah, 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 do, do X, Y, and Z to meet a goal, it's okay to feel like telling those posts to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Completely. <laughs> yeah. That is a very valid reaction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because look, I, I mean, for me personally, um, I, I saw those and, and at the start I was like, oh, yeah, you know, a bit motivated and then I just started thinking about it a bit more. And I was like, man, you know, there's, it feels like just generally that there's a, you know, something a bit more pressing that we need to worry about first. Yeah. Well, there is. So I'm just stopping the show for now. So, I mean, there yeah. is, but this is, we kind of got to like look at the differences between lockdown one, so the OG lockdown and lockdown two. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a different vibe between it. Like, I don't know if you've noticed it like I have, but the feelings I had in lockdown one is not the same as lockdown two. What, what, what do you mean by that? Like, because I, I, I agree, but I want to pick your brain in terms of like, what's, what's the vibe. It, it feels a lot more, I don't know how to, how to put it. The way I've kind of been explaining it to not only myself, but to clients as well, is if we look at the differences between the OG and lockdown two, the OG lockdown had a little bit of like a novelty about it. You know, it was, for lack of a better term, it was new and anything new can still kind of be interpreted as exciting. You know, yeah. it was to the norm. We still weren't completely aware of just how big the threat was. You know, we were kind yeah. of in this, um, I guess, a false sense of security at the start. You know, everybody had the hope and the premise of, oh, this won't last long if we all just knuckle down for a couple of weeks, we'll be good. Yeah, so there was that little sense of novelty. There were all of these great innovative ideas that were coming out. There was house party apps. There was, oh, cool, we can still have drinks, but we'll just do it over Zoom. How fun's that? You know, yeah. I can party in my days and no one's going to make fun of me for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, there was all these things. You would do renovation projects. People were baking. People were like, oh, I've got all this extra time to read or clean my house or do yeah. this or do that. A lot of us did, you know, OG lockdown. A lot of us did do that stuff. I bought so many paint by numbers, like all these things. Cause it's what, like, I finally have time. Paint by numbers? Oh dude, really? You don't know what paint by numbers no. is? Oh, oh gosh. Am I, am I showing my age You follow again? me on Instagram. You should see these. <laughs> <laughs> paint by numbers is really like, they give you a really cool picture. It's pretty like, it can be complex or simple and they give you all the paint. It's acrylic and you literally just paint by numbers and it creates these really cool like artistic pieces at the end of it i've got like lions i've got a really cool tree that's all four seasons <laughs> heaps of stuff yeah. and I, you know og1 was like you know i've got yeah all this time in the world and it was like there was less pressure to be busy yeah. so a lot of people actually took the og lockdown as like hey i can slow down a little bit you know i don't yeah. have to be busy every weekend there was definitely times where you missed out on some stuff and that's when it started to feel, I guess, that little bit more real, you know what I mean? But mm. for the majority of it, a lot of people adapted quite well, you know, like people were able to get creative with their ideas, make money, make businesses. Like, thank God for the ladies who sold the DIY SNS nail soak-off kits because I was like, 
none of these nail shots are open and my nails are looking horrible. So I was able to just get a DIY nail soak off kit. So people yeah. were being really creative with it. You know, they yeah. were making the bad situation. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. Then for lack of a better term, shit got real, you know, yeah. it got to the five, six week mark. And it was like, this isn't fun anymore. The novelty is really off. Yeah. And it, I don't know, you just started to feel really cut off. You felt socially isolated. You started to miss, you know, birthdays and parties and celebrations that were supposed to be happening in those times. And it's like, actually, no, this isn't fun anymore. You know, I'm not enjoying this. Yeah. You get a bit of freedom back, you know, six weeks ended and they're like, Hey guys, you can go to your coffee shop again, go to brunch. You can have some life back. And you're like, Oh, sick. Then they shut it down again. Yeah. (laughs) Reasons. I understand why. But now lockdown two, there's no novelty. We've been on this roller coaster already. We know the ups and the downs. We want off and we know that there's no more fun than this. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the difference that I've noticed. I don't know about you. Oh, I I completely agree. So I call stage one, um, which a lot of people on the internet call it, I call it the, the Tiger King lockdown phase. Because, oh my god yes yeah. I, I watched it <laughs> yeah <laughs> so I, I i recall that that was sort of like you're absolutely right like things were slowing down you were sort of just you know oh i'm, I'm home all the time i'm just gonna you know allow myself to unwind and watch a bit more tv than i'm used to and then you know tiger king finished we were meant to, you know, and in Melbourne, we were sort of going, you know, four cases a day, three, five, six. And then all of a sudden it was, um, you know, 70 cases a day and it became community transmission. And then once it became community transmission, you just started to feel that, you know, even the people out and about were a bit more distant towards each other, a bit more tired and a bit more sick of it. And, the cases started going up and then, you know, you've got people saying, Oh, I don't believe in wearing masks and I don't believe in social distancing that the virus is, is a, uh, you know, um, a conspiracy. And then you've got other people who are, who are, you know, really fucking facing it, you know, having to deal with yeah. saying goodbye to loved ones over FaceTime, which is absolutely fucking heartbreaking. Right. Um, so yeah. you, you see this like sudden dichotomy of two extreme views on on what's happening and it's getting more intense and now i feel like as a whole city we're, we're all tuning in to to dan andrews at you know 11 a.m every day 12 every day to see okay what's what's the damage today right and um it starts weighing down i sort of feel like stage one was okay let's just keep our shit together and we'll get over it whereas stage two is like okay we're keeping our shit together or trying to, oh, I hate that person for not doing the right thing. And then you start building these feelings of resentment. And on top of that, the numbers aren't going down. Right. So yeah, yeah it's it like shit got real really quick. Really, really quick. 100%. And it leads to a lot of conflicting emotions when we start going through this kind of up and down, up and down. And when you do see not everybody complying with, you know, the legislations that are coming out, mm. it can really frustrating and you can feel disheartened one disheartened by the numbers two disheartened by going back into lockdown you see the rest of the world starting to open up i mean i literally need to turn off anyone who's in the uk right now on instagram because there's so yeah. many that are like going 
visa and I'm like, oh, way to rub it in, guys. <laughs> I, can, I can tan in my backyard in the middle of winter, but yeah. I can't go to a visa. So it, it does. It starts to build just, I guess, feelings of resentment at times as well. Yeah. But then again, the dichotomy is like, okay, here's the pressure to still use this time wisely. And it's like, what do you mean use this time wisely? I didn't even want to be in lockdown again. I'll yeah. do the right thing but I don't really want to have to use my time wisely all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it does for some people feel like a, you know, an unnecessary added pressure out of nowhere. Right. Oh, massively. And it's coming from everywhere. You know, it's like, I don't know. OG lockdown was like bake your sourdough bread for four days. And that was a huge thing. Lockdown two is like, screw that. I'm just going to go buy sourdough bread and eat it and feel really <laughs> smug about it because it take me three days. <laughs> you know, like yeah. that's the kind of difference we're looking at. Yeah. But I mean, it's like you said, like I kind of refer to it. Um, this is something that a work colleague actually mentioned to me. It's COVID tired. We're all experiencing COVID tired. So it's not really burnout because we do have a lot of time to relax. Yeah. But we're just exhausted. You know, yeah. the problem with feeling like you're pressured to achieve something is that in order to achieve something, you need to have motivation, energy, passion, and a purpose. Yeah. We're running really on that right now. (laughs) You know, like that's the thing you need all of those to actually start to achieve goals. We're not at that stage and that's okay. Yeah. But we start this like invisible guilt trip that will happen from that. You know, it's like, Oh, but I'm not spending my time making the most out of lockdown. You know, maybe I should this or I should be doing that maybe I need to learn how to make masks or I better keep having drinks over zoom or I better I better not just wrap myself up in a burrito blanket you know I need to do something with my day but it's okay to not not want to do all that sort of stuff like we start to feel guilty for not doing all of it and then we'll start to feel guilty for you know but I know that there's a lot of people who are worse off out there you know I shouldn't be complaining about the fact that I'm stuck at home and then we do that lovely comparison trap you yeah. know like I to feel bad about lockdown too when other people are you know doing it's so much harder than me yeah and I think the thing for people to remember is that your suffering is not comparable okay it just isn't you cannot compare your suffering to to another person we're all unique and we're all individuals in this and everyone's feelings of pain and suffering right now is valid it doesn't mean get lost in it or stuck in it or trapped in it but it means acknowledge it and know it's okay and don't compare it to others can you can you flesh out that that's interesting what you call it is it the comparison trap yeah <laughs> yeah can you flesh that out a little so what 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 does that mean is that is that essentially you know or is it a fine line between being um you know practicing gratitude and then sort of comparing yourself to people that are worse off than you? We do this a lot. So the comparison trap is what we call an unhelpful thinking style. And we're all prone to it. We've all done it. I mean, God, you do it when you scroll on Instagram, you know, mindlessly and stuff as well, but it can go both ways. So one is comparing yourself to people who you feel are better off than you or who look better than you or who have more than you. And you start to feel crap Mm. about the fact that you don't have more but it also goes the other end of the scale, especially during a pandemic, you start to look at other people who are going through, you know, in inverted commas, yeah, more than you are suffering wise. And then you'll feel guilty for saying that you're going through a bad time. So comparing your suffering and comparing your losses or comparing anything to others is never going to make you feel better. <laughs> like it just doesn't. That's why it's called a trap. Yeah. Like you're going to ever compare yourself to someone 
And this is kind of like, if you're going to compare yourself to someone who's got more than you, for example, I'm going to compare myself to, I'm just picking the first name that comes out of my head, Britney Spears. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. She's got a whole lot of money. She's very famous. She's got all of this stuff, but if I want her life, I need to take all of her life. You know, you don't get to just pick and choose what you take from somebody's life or existence. Mm. Yeah. Myself to her, I got to look at everything else as well. You know, I got to look at the fact that she's being controlled and manipulated apparently by family members that she's had such time with her mental health that you know all of these other things i gotta take it all you can't just say i want it just no money you yeah. just take everything yeah. you know so that's something to try and help people break out of the comparison track when it's comparing to something or to someone who has more than you do you got to compare yourself to every part of that not just yeah. the one bit that you want yeah yeah it, it almost sounds like if you're so for, for maybe for people listening or watching that, that once you find yourself sort of going through your feed or, you know, if you want to sort of be grateful for something rather than saying, you know, oh, at least I'm not X, Y, and Z, or at least I'm not that guy or going through this, it almost seems because that, that's almost like a, a positive thing to say, but it's wrapped in a bit of negativity. Whereas you can just sort Maybe of be. Maybe it starts to get wrapped in guilt. Yeah. yeah. And whereas you can just sort of be like, oh, instead of that, just be like, oh, I'm grateful for my health today. Yes, exactly. So there's a fine line between comparing yourself and feeling guilty and actually being grateful for what you have. And I mean, that's one of the, the big things to help get through this pandemic is being grateful for what you still have. But knowing that we are complex humans, okay, it mm. is all right to feel one man and feel guilty another. That's just part of what we do. Yeah. You know, I am grateful that I've still got a job. I'm grateful I've still got a house and a roof over my head and all that sort of stuff. But it doesn't mean that I still don't have some days where this just sucks. You know, it's it's a pandemic for crying out loud. It doesn't take away from, you know, the fact that I am grateful and I know the privilege that I, that I have, but I'm still human. You know, we're still allowed to say, well, yes, some days are rougher than others during this current period, because like everyone, if, we go back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I'm not at three, four or five either. We're all at the same boat here. Yeah. Well, so let, let's say you do start feeling those, those feelings of uh, I'm feeling like shit today. I'm feeling upset. Right. So how do you stop yourself from, I guess, spiraling or rather how do you sort of pick up on those thought processes and then motivate yourself to, to sort of jump out of that, you know, that negative tailspin? Well, I guess like to help stay motivated and to help kind of shift out of that, there's a lot of different things that you can do. So, I mean, one is obviously just the gratitude. So working out how do I just stay grateful for what I do have. Yeah. Um, But I guess I also just want to touch on this whole, the mindset of we should all stay positive during this because I think that's something that's being thrown around a lot as well um, yeah and i think that's just a lot of pressure as well it's really similar to the whole use your time wisely and you know it puts that added pressure on us like oh if you're having a crappy day you really shouldn't you should find something to be positive or happy about and it's yeah. like oh okay there is a difference between positivity and toxic positivity yeah. okay so toxic positivity is along the lines of really dismissive ideas and dismissive notions so things like oh don't worry about it it's all going to be fine don't stress it's all good oh why should you feel that way there's no need to feel that way you've got it so good at least it's not as bad as other people yeah like that's not what i'm after (laughs) it's not about that it's more about focusing on 
allowing people the space to actually express what's happening, be non-judgmental and be kind to yourself. Yeah. yeah. You're allowed to say, yeah, today's a little bit rougher than yesterday, but that's okay. You know, what yeah. can I do to try and spin my day around? Yeah. And there's a lot of things that we can do, but it's just about, I guess the first thing is just being mindful of when you're actually doing that. Are you being harsh to yourself? Are you judging yourself for having a negative thought? Because if you are, just try and pause for a second, take yeah. a deep breath and remind yourself, I'm in a global pandemic. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like people really forget this. This is something that doesn't happen for like, what, every hundred years and we just copped it and that's fine. But just remind yourself, this is not the norm, all right? We're operating yeah. in a really abnormal experience right now. So it is okay to not be positive every second of the day. It's also okay to not feel grateful every second of the day still yeah. bring that back into your, your lifestyle but don't punish yourself if you do actually have a normal human emotion and a normal human emotion. it's okay yeah yeah and it, it's funny it's funny that you touched on that that positive like that what do you call it toxic positivity because yeah. i i on the flip side have a thing that i call like practical positivity right so yeah. like let me put it to you this way you know, um, if, if you bust your leg and it's broken, right? Like mm. I sort of feel like a, an example of toxic positivity would be like, Oh, my leg's fine. I've got a great leg. I've, you know, my leg, even though it's like, you know, the bones shanking out the skin, look, oh, my, my leg's fine. I've, I've got a good leg. <laughs> like that to me is, is almost like a delusional, you know, sort of, um, version of positivity. Whereas, um, I'm not sure, and you might be able to vouch for this, but I sort of feel like that's an unhealthy um, trait because you you might not be, you know, by, by doing that, you're almost ignoring what might actually be the problem. And by ignoring it and, yeah. and accepting it, it might sort of, um, you know, not allow you to ever address it. Whereas, you know, a practical yeah. mindset might, might be a bit more like, okay, yeah, shit, my leg's broken, it sucks. But at least, you know, I'm, I'm happy that I've got a doctor that can fix it, that I don't have to sort of, you know, deal with a broken leg and let it heal on its own. I've got someone that can sort of service yeah. that. Is that the right sort of? I yeah, hundred percent. It's acknowledging the facts of the situation. Okay. Yes. My leg is broken and, and that does suck. And I'm probably going to lose, you know, a couple of months or whatever of certain things I want to do. But mm. on the flip side, I have good care. My leg is still there. I can walk in the future. Yeah. So that's to be grateful for. I can acknowledge it's going to suck for a few months, but I can also look to the future and see that it can get better. That's yeah. just being both sides of the coin, basically. Yeah. You know, so the toxic side of it is when you just try to ignore the other side of the coin and say, no, 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 don't talk about anything negative. Don't acknowledge that. It's like, but it's real and valid and I'm allowed to talk about it. Yeah. But I also don't just stay on either side of the coin. I want to see both. Yeah. Yeah. So is, is that, so I guess one, one thing is, you know, practicing gratitude and, and allowing yeah. like when you have those negative thoughts rather than pushing them out, you're saying, okay, you know, it's okay to feel like shit every now and then. Yeah. But I guess what, what if someone starts to, to tailspin and, Oh, I'm feeling like shit every day now. What are, what are some ways to sort of, you know, just, I guess, realize and pay attention to your thoughts and, and snap out of it almost. Yes. I mean, I guess it's part, like it's a loaded question in a sense because there's going to be some days where you do wake up and it's not the greatest day. So it's, it's there's, a few, there's a few things you can do with it. One is obviously start to set a bit of routine 
Okay, so there's really basic things that we can do to try and take care of our mental health and our physical health during this time that will help stop us from going going into that spiral or having a repetitive pattern of having crappier days. Yeah. So if you're starting to notice like, okay, I'm trying to focus on what I'm grateful for, but sometimes that's really difficult. I'm trying to say positive things to myself, but it's just not really working. It might mean that we really just need to go back to the basics. Okay. And my basics, what I'm kind of referring to is just your basic kind of um, routine that you would have had pre-pandemic and that you really want to keep for now. So things like just getting enough sleep. Okay. So trying to keep a stable sleep routine that's something that has really turned upside down for a lot of people during this um, people who've lost employment or people yeah. had to get, uh, you know, other jobs that are more night shift or whatever's going on, or they're just, you know, spending a lot of time in bed now because they're like, well, what else am I going to do? Yeah. And that's a shift to your physical health. You know what I mean? Like it's going to be damaging both physical and mental because that's a big routine shift that you're not used to. So if you can keep a stable sleep routine, have your stable eight hours, set a um, sleep time and a wake time and really try to stick to that through this, that's going to help you um, just set up a sense of stability and security, which is that level two of Maslow's basically. That's what we're trying to get to. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're going to spend 12 hours in bed, it should be because you're sick, not because you just don't feel like getting up. You know, yeah. so we kind of want to like, own butts at certain times, but be mindful of when it actually does need more rest. Yeah. Um, eating your three meals a day, you know, actually still maintaining a nutritious diet for yourself. I'm not saying don't have the mac and cheese and ice cream. Like I know a lot of us have done that during the pandemic. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, but still try and, you know, get your 80 20 split as far as 80% nutritious meals and 20% your soul food. That's fine. Yeah. Drink your water, you know, get some movement into your day as well like these are really basic things that a lot of us forget during a time of uncertainty or instability you know whenever your world gets turned upside down the first thing that disappears is that stable routine and that self-care time and self-care to a lot of people is literally just making sure i've slept i've drunk enough water i've eaten and i've gotten some movement it's just the four basics but a lot of the time that disappears when everything gets flipped upside down yeah yeah so essentially it's it's sticking to a routine not letting yourself sort of slide out of um you know good good habits such as eating healthy drinking plenty of water um yeah. you know getting your eight hours if you can um and then on top of that as well like could you could you necessarily do like sort of um i guess smaller things like you know for females or some blokes and um, put put a bit of makeup on right or you know, do your hair and, and that sort of thing and you know wear clothes that make you feel better yeah right. look anything that makes you feel good you know it's finding i think the biggest thing during this is, is find little things that bring you joy whatever that is yeah. you know i mean thing that brings one person joy might just be sitting and reading a book for a couple of hours you know yeah. another person might be you know a makeup tutorial and just passing some time during that yeah. um I definitely miss wearing nice clothes. <laughs> like, yeah. I love online shopping and I'm like, oh, what's the point? I got nowhere to wear stuff. Yeah. And that brings you joy. Don't stop it. You know, yeah. like there will come a time where you get to do this again. So you might as well stock up for now. Yeah. Um, you know, guys, it might be just, you know, playing um, an online game with someone like do that, find a little pocket of joy for yourself in the day, whatever it is and whatever suits you. And it doesn't have to be expensive. I think that's a big thing that, people um sometimes have a misconception on they think oh if i want to do something for myself i have to spend money 
reading a book costs nothing. Baking something costs like five bucks. Just go get a packet of something, but spend that time doing it or reaching out to a friend costs absolutely nothing. Yeah. Just to keep that. Again, it's just little moments. That's all we're looking for during yeah. this. It's for all the time really. But yeah, you're saying baking something and like literally this morning I was uh, baking Oreo brownies. And, and, and weird enough, I just it actually did put me in a really good mood. It does. It smells good. It tastes good. What's not to love? Yeah, exactly right. Um, so I guess on the, on the, on the flip side of, of doing, um, you know, the positive things and, and, you know, keeping yourself in check, for for those of us that are working from home, right? All all of a sudden, um, the workplace and your house have merged into one, right? So, what what's a what's a good way to sort of you know break those bad habits of of segregating work from home? Because I mean, if your laptop's right there for work, you know, so usually when you leave work, you've left work. That's it. You, you leave you leave work yeah. at the office. You come home, you do whatever you want to do, and you've actually sort of unloaded for the day. Whereas when your laptop from work is, is there all the time, you might be like, oh, did that person respond to my email and then go check it at, at 9.30 at night or 10 o'clock at night because it's there. Yeah. And then all of a sudden that that's, you know, trickled into your into your head headspace again, right? You, whereas traditionally you'd, you'd just be relaxing, right? So, yeah. Well, from your point of view, what's the best way to sort of, you know, you know, keep yourself in check and actually separate work from home when you're at home all the time? Yeah, 100%. So, I mean, I guess firstly, I just want to take just a moment to acknowledge people who are listening who have unfortunately lost their jobs um, mm. as a result of the situation. So, um, I think this is an important topic to talk about, but I just want to make sure that everyone knows it's not intended to be dismissive um, of anyone who has unfortunately had to go through that hardship right now and to, yeah. you know, continue to try and keep your head up and things will get better. Yeah. Um, but as I said, it is an important um, topic of conversation because this is a whole new way of life for a lot of people in the world right now. Like yeah. a lot of shifted to working from home um, and this is definitely not the norm that most of us are used to and I think it's resulted in a lot of things that we weren't really expecting you know because this is like almost a huge social experiment we're just seeing all of these things come out as we go I mean the, the scientist part of me is like well this is really interesting and then the human part of me is like this sucks so, so we're gonna touch on that we're gonna touch on that. <laughs> but I mean there's been a lot that's happened for people you know like I think a lot of reported issues that we weren't really expecting is stuff like an increased um, lethargy or a feeling of like, I just don't really have enough energy to do um, this anymore. It feels really repetitive. It feels really yeah. like I'm not my day up with social interaction. It's all very monotonous and repetitive. Mm. You know? A lot of us are working longer hours. Um, I know I definitely do by accident. I try to keep those boundaries there, but it's just, as you said, it's tempting. It's like, oh, I might as well log on, you know, 20 minutes earlier, 30 minutes minutes earlier it's okay um and we just don't really think there's anything else to do because there's not right now um yeah. a, a lack of disconnection from work as you said it's where's the turn off time if i'm literally working from my living room which is where i also live um we've got social isolation the beautiful zoom fatigue that happens i definitely can vouch for that one what, what's, what's zoom fatigue Oh my God. Zoom fatigue is when you've been spending upwards of four, five, six hours on zoom all day yeah. and 
start to feel emotionally, mentally, and physically drained. Like it's just so much communication in a way that we're not meant to communicate. I mean, I can expand on that so easy because there's so many um, like physiological cues we miss from Zoom. Like I can only see your head and you can only see mine. So a lot of our communication is body language and hand gestures. Like I'm doing them. You just can't see them. Yeah, yeah mine, but that's mine have been hidden as well. Yeah. Yeah. But that's how we interpret a lot of communication. So our brain actually has to work a little bit harder to start to look for those kind of um, like micro expressions. You know, we need to start really looking for, I wonder how you feel from what I've just said, because I can't see everything. Um, there's yeah. the time that can happen in conversation, the, the lovely pausing because, oh, you're on mute. You know, it really breaks up the, the flow of communication. Yeah. Um, and that becomes exhausting after yeah. a long because you're like your brain's just worked twice as hard to do what it's normally doing, which is communicating, but it's had to use different forms of communication to get the same message across. Does that make sense? Yeah. So is your brain, so your brain is usually doing that, I guess, um, you know, it's, it's like a background process almost, on, yeah. right? So your, your brain is usually like, you might not necessarily be paying attention to those social cues or those physical cues, but your brain is doing that in the background, right? Oh, so, always. You know, that's uh, why it's so hard. I mean, even like, I, I completely understand why we need to wear masks and everything, but wearing a mask while communicating with someone makes it hard as well. Because again, <laughs> like this much of your face, yeah. I'm smart. I'm, I'm, girl that smiles at everyone while I'm wearing a mask. Yeah, I saw your post. I saw your post saying I I smile at people through my I I I do the same thing where I'll I'll (laughs) smile at people through my mask and then realize like they can't see it. Yeah. Like legit I have to actually physically say, oh sorry, I'm smiling at you and everyone laughs. laughs. It's just exhausting. But anyway, so that's part of Zoom fatigue, but people are also you know when you're working from home you can get like back shoulder and neck issues or is a big thing that's coming up a lot of people and headaches and stuff as well you know there's just too much screen time we're not really created to be looking at your screen for like eight to nine hours a day so all of that is i guess things that we hadn't really thought of in in regards to the transition for a lot of people to work from home I mean if I can speak from like a personal standpoint here like I know that I end up starting earlier I finish later I'll have a shorter lunch break because not that I feel guilty for having a lunch break but I just know like oh but I got you know like three more emails I can just smash that out now it's all good so I'll at my computer and I know that's not good and I try not to do it but it happens um, and then you just start, to, I've started having dreams about work because oh, no, you need to stop. Life is. I know, but that's all life is right now. You know, yeah. from working from home, like I, I start to argue, I'm like, is it working from home or is it living at work? And what yeah. really, like, that's what it feels like a lot of yeah. the time. I think there's a lot, um, that we just didn't really expect from, from this transition. Yeah. I mean, in saying that there's practical things we can do like obviously we can identify the problems but we want to also find some solutions to it so a few really simple things just to make it a bit easier and I guess more sustainable for people as well because we don't know how long this is going to last um I wish I could like tell people it's okay it's only another month but I have no idea yeah Um, we made that mistake in uh in, in the Tiger King phase Oh, we did. It's almost over. It's good, guys. Yeah, no, it's not. Yeah. Um, so I guess 
Just again, basics. Okay. So keep a routine and structure to your day. So again, with the regular sleep, regular wake times, if you always used to go to the gym or something before work, don't stop that. Still do some form of movement in the morning, you know, or if you used to have a certain ritual that you did before going to work, still keep that up, still have your breakfast, still do all of that sort of thing. Um, big one is still get dressed in your work outfit. Okay. <laughs> I've seen a lot of people. I've definitely done this myself more than once, but I try to <laughs> try to limit it. Don't just wear business on the top and then like trackies and arms yeah. on the bottom. <laughs> I know it's really like tempting to do it because no one knows, but it, again, it limits that segregation in your mind. Okay. It starts to really blur the boundaries between your professional self and your personal self. So clothes are a really big thing that can do that for you. So still try and dress in whatever it is your work attire normally is wear slippers if you really want to I guess but like you know I don't want to wear heels around my house but yeah. <laughs> just try to kind of keep that up don't work from your couch or please don't work from your bed like do not just lay in your bed on your laptop and do your work that is a huge no-no one just for um you know actual sleep hygiene as well not a good thing you never want to associate your bed with work Okay. Um, and again, it just, it blurs those boundaries. Take your lunch break. Don't take your work phone or your laptop with you. Okay. I'm trying to practice that as much as possible, yeah. but give yourself that actual break. And just remember, like you don't get paid for a lunch break. So take it. Okay. If you are lucky enough to get paid, fine, but I'm not, um, yeah. work phone, all that sort of stuff at your, your end time. So if that's 5 PM or whatever it is, actually try to shut it down i've had some people set alarms for themselves that literally will remind them hey it's five stop like just yeah. get off turn everything off you can have an accountability buddy at work if you want who can literally send you an email at five and say get off like <laughs> i've had that before someone will, yeah. like i'll send an email you know 5 20 and they'll email me back and go get off i'm like okay sorry <laughs> i'm like i'll stop <laughs> um, still eat your regular meals get movement into your day so a good hack for actually making sure you take your lunch break is go for a walk on your lunch break you know yeah. eat your food in 10 minutes or whatever but then do a 10 minute walk around the block okay yeah. with your mask yeah um creating your workspace is a pr is a pretty important one if you're sitting in like a ugh area you're going to feel that way all day yeah. anyway so you know I don't know, do your online ordering from Kmart and get some cute little plants or something just to sit around your space so it feels a little bit more like bright and life. Yeah. Like there's a bit of life in it. Yeah. Um, stay connected with your team as well. I think this is a big one. If you do work normally in an office environment and you've got a big team that is normally around you, a huge thing is that social isolation. And we've heard it from so many people. You know, it went from I used to have lunch with 10 people to now I'm sitting by myself in my kitchen, you know, yeah. that's a huge gift to routine. And it's a huge decrease in social connection, which as we see on Maslow's hierarchy, that's number three. So we don't want to lose everything. Yeah. Um, I've noticed people who have had like zoom lunches. So you still get a bit of social connection. One, yeah. it's accountability. It makes sure everybody actually is taking their lunch break, but they're still getting to chat with the people they'd normally have lunch with. So that's actually a really good idea, which I think a lot of people should adopt. Yeah. And what's another one? Um, oh, my other one. When it hits five, turn everything off. Go have a shower, get changed. Okay. This is why you want to have the two separate outfits. So literally end your day with some sort of ritual. Okay. Or change into like your workout gear and do something different. Yeah. But we need to take 
find from being in work mode to being in personal mode. So it's always a shower and getting changed into my bummy outfit, which is just trackies, Uggs and a big jumper. Like that tells me, okay, I'm not Stacey anymore. Now I'm just bum Stacey. (laughs) (laughs) So, I like all that. And, and there's a few things that, that I'm guilty of, um, which is, is definitely like this, what I'm wearing now is pretty much my, my work attire, right? And this is probably more like a casual yeah. Friday sort of get up. But um, I think one thing that I've done is, so obviously every day you'll go, you know, you'll have that coffee break, right? And when you're in the office, You'll, you'll go out, you'll go for a walk to grab that coffee, right? And you, you get that fresh air. Or, you know, f- for instance, for me, I, I would take the train to work. So I would have that time to sort of get outside, walk to the train station, get into work yep. and walk to the office. So I noticed that working from home, you, you start to lose that that um, outside time, you know, and, and the bad sleeping mm-hmm. habits. Like I, I'm completely guilty of, you know, putting my alarm on, you know, about 30 minutes before I need to log on to the computer so I'm pretty much going straight to bed, shower, brush teeth, log on, right? And yeah, and that's you almost don't give yourself or your brain time to decompress in the morning if you're doing that, right? So yeah, I've got into the habit of okay, now now I wake up a bit earlier and just do something sort of physical, it, whether it's you know walking back and forth in the backyard or going for a quick lap, you know, around the block outside. But I've also made yeah. sure that. You know, no matter how cold it is right now, I'll have I'll make my cup of coffee and I'll have it outside, regardless. Just just yeah. to be outside and, and not be staring at a screen so much. Which um, it'll be interesting to see how many of us need to have glasses um, as as a result of this. Um, so 100%. yeah, so it's it's those sort of things that um, I think really ring true to to people that that are adjusting and working from home and and. I think, you know, as you were sort of talking about that stuff, it, it, it hit me that there's an, there's absolutely a reason, absolutely a good reason why we're feeling fatigued or, or you know, tired rather from, from COVID, yeah. right? It's, it's that sort okay. of constant mental stress of, of, you know, being in one place for a, a large proportion of your day and then not being able to sort of say definitively, okay, the day is ended uh, you know, and a lot of times it's, you know, you know, stuff that you're dealing with at work is, you know, it's putting pressure on yourself and you're not mm-hmm. having that, okay, the day's ended, I've left the office and I can decompress, you know. So, yeah, yeah. so so definitely, um, definitely guilty of, of doing a few things that you pointed out. <laughs> I think we all are and it's like, it's just learning you know this is a constant adjustment process for a lot of us so like I said we didn't know that a lot of these would be kind of side effects from working from home so it's well I've noticed what it is now I need to take some actual steps to to challenge it or shift it and I mean I guess another side effect that I do want to touch on because I think that this is growing in proportion the longer that we're staying at home um the constant use of tele-servicing or tele-health or whatever you want to call it, you know, apps like FaceTime, Zoom, Snapchat, WhatsApp, all of those things that we're all using to, in a good way, it's to stay connected with friends. It's, you know, to keep that connection with workmates and everything. But something I didn't see coming was having that endless eight hour selfie and staring at myself (laughs) for a much longer portion of the day. Yeah 
actually started to really, and for a lot of people, not just me, it's starting to really increase the pressure that we're putting on ourselves to look a certain way during work, you know? So the impacts on body image and on self-concept is something, again, a lot of us didn't realize would happen. And when you look at all of these apps, you know, they, they have these magic little buttons called filters, which can start to hide those flaws that you're starting to stare at all day, every day. Like I couldn't tell you the amount of times that I'll be on a zoom and I'm like, why does my hair look like that? What, what is that? And I just start patting my head because I'm like, what is this? I didn't know that was there. And I stopped paying attention to what the person was saying because normally you're just engaging with the person. You can't see what you look like. Yeah. You only see what they look like. <laughs> so that endless selfie, not something I'm loving and not what a lot of people are loving. And it's leading to a lot more pressure and just, I guess, just overanalyzation of what we look like on a day basis. And you know how I feel about body image and how that all plays in yeah. into a lot of things. But yeah, I just think that's another thing to be really just mindful of and wary of if you are working from home or constantly using these apps, you know, like yeah. I'm not a funny filter when I'm on FaceTime with my girlfriends and everything. But if you're hitting a point where you can't look at your unfiltered self without thinking ill, we're hitting a problem. Okay. Yeah. So to really bring back the normal face, <laughs> please remember what you really look like. Mm-hmm. Um, mean to yourself like we're not supposed to look like smoothed out kittens with weird little ears on our head okay like that's not bring yourself back to reality okay yeah (laughs) um it's it's interesting you say that because a lot of that does ring true for me um because i noticed so i haven't had a haircut um and and shout out to legacy barbers who, who i love i love visiting um and i can't wait to get a haircut but um, I've I've noticed just like number one wearing a hat don't don't usually wear a hat but my um, my hair's grown in a way where it literally just is sort of I feel like I'm I'm in like a, a like a seventies um, like a seventies sort of uh, commercial where they're like you know advertising some sort of weird mousse because it's like really fluffy right so I noticed. <laughs> Obviously, you can be wearing like beanies and, and caps and hoodies um, during some meetings at work that I'll just adjust the camera. So I'll adjust it so it's just showing like my, <laughs> eyebrows, my eyebrows down, yeah. right? And, and I, didn't, I, didn't, I never thought about, about that, um, Stace, that we're, we're pretty much, you know, operating in, in like third-person view right now. We're, yeah. we're seeing ourselves constantly through a little screen. And, and you're right, like, you know, sometimes in, in a Zoom meeting, you, you might you might just be, someone might be talking and you'll be looking at yourself going like, oh, you know, like, does it look like I'm doing something weird here or, and, and yeah, and I, I, you know, I guess that habit of your brain just analyzing what you look like consistently day in, day, in, day out would, um, would be just not good for your self-esteem. And it's not a healthy thought pattern either, right? No, no. And I mean, again, this is just a side effect of all of the servicing that we've had to adapt to. And, you know, I mean, technology is amazing. It's allowed a lot of us to actually be able to operate under a pandemic. But again, it's just side effects that we've never thought of. So 
staring at ourselves every single day, it's not always good. So, I mean, if there are some meetings where you can say, hey, guys, I'm just going to turn my camera off, like I'm still here, yeah. but you might not want to stare at yourself all the time, you know, and if yeah. you're in a meeting with 20 people, it's okay to turn your camera off, you know, you don't have to have it on all the time. So yeah. there's little pieces you can do. Does everything have to be a Zoom or can some of it get away with being a phone call, you know, like yeah. this is, you can do just to kind of protect yourself um especially if you've got i mean i've had some days where it's literally seven hours straight of zoom and i'm like i don't want to be staring at myself for seven hours straight so i'll turn my camera off for some of that just to give myself that little bit of relief and i can actually just then concentrate on what the person is saying and what's going on because one wants to stare at themselves for eight hours straight like a one-off self really and I'm not against that, but I don't want to be looking at myself for that long. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody would, unless you're maybe psychotic, but that'd be a whole no, different just, thing. It's human nature to overanalyze what you're looking at, you know, and to, again, it's that comparison trap as well. I mean, if you're on a Zoom call with 20 people, you'll start to compare your background even, you know, you'll start to really notice little bits and pieces where you're like, oh gosh, their background's nicer than mine. Maybe I should move. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. And, um, I guess like moving away from the work setting, right. And, and just sort of moving back to um, the way people are sort of feeling, you know, perhaps they're isolating or, you know, they, they found themselves in lockdown away from family and friends. And especially now that we can't really travel between suburbs. Mm. So that might lead to a lot of feelings of, of loneliness during, during isolation and, and quarantine, that sort of thing. So I guess, you know, a twofold question of how do you how do you pick up on on that feeling of of loneliness and and realize okay this is me feeling lonely and then how do you counteract that what are some sort of you know either thought patterns or things you can do to make yourself not feel lonely when it's you know it's, it's like almost catch 22 right like you feel lonely because you're mm. socially distancing yourself from people see i'm moving yeah. my hands again it's not on camera um you know, you're socially distancing, but then usually like the cure for loneliness is socializing. Yeah. Right. So yeah, loneliness is a big thing at the moment. Um, but I think there's, there's a bit of a double-edged sword going on here. So it's not just that we're feeling isolated and cut off from our supports and cut off from friends and family. There's the other side of this where we're actually grieving a lot of things that we're missing out on them as well. So when there's been this constant uncertainty and there's been just shifts, changes, we feel kind of trapped, we feel tired, we feel, you know, just whatever. We're also constantly adjusting. You know, some people have had to deal with homeschooling, financial concerns, loss of employment, loss of loved ones, loss of connection. Yeah. This is normally stuff that we would turn to our friends and family to support for, you know, if you've ever gone through a feeling of grief or loss, the number one thing you do is reach out for connection and experience so much grief. And I think it's a concept that a lot of people don't always put together. So when we think of a pandemic, we think of fear, we don't always jump to grief, but that's actually what a lot of us are experiencing right now. You know, we've had a loss of holidays, loss of plans, loss of weddings, loss of time with people, loss of celebrations with people, loss of, you know, being able to buy a house because the whole world turned to crap and I don't even know if I'm going to have a job in a month. So why would yeah. I be planning for that? You know, we've got kids who are losing out on their year 12, you know, like they don't even get to have that, that proper social connection. The year of 21st is just over 
it's like, okay, good luck having all of those fun parties and memories, you know? So there's actually a lot of loss that's happening and that's not even touching on the actual grief and loss in regards to, to death of a loved one during yeah. this period of time. Yeah. So heaps of grief is what we're experiencing right now. And the number one thing we do when we feel grief is turn to people that we love. Yeah. And that's being really limited. So a lot of feelings of loneliness and isolation is coming from the fact that we're all experiencing a collective grief, but we can't actually connect with each other through it the way that we once would. Yeah. So that's a huge thing that people are going through. I mean, even just, you know, hugging someone, that physical connection, is something that we do just innately because it provides comfort and support and that isn't there so one thing to first pay attention to is am i grieving stuff you know and can i actually just acknowledge and accept that yes i am going through a period of grief and loss and it's okay to feel that and it's also okay to think that it totally sucks that i can't connect with people the way i once would to help me get through this okay i just want everyone to really understand it is okay to acknowledge that this sucks We've all experienced our own loss in a different way. All of it is valid, but we also need to find ways to tackle that feeling of grief and loneliness in a whole new way during mm. this. Does that make sense? Yeah, that, that makes that makes absolute sense. And and it's as as you were sort of talking there, I was I was thinking to myself, um, you know, it, it's it's almost like you know, when they say so when, when someone um, passes away or you go through something traumatic, you've got those um, stages of grief where it's like, yeah. first, it's almost, was it, oh, you probably know the stages better than I do, like shock and then denial, then actual <laughs> crying and then acceptance, right? Or something along those lines. I'm, I'm, I'm sure so I, there's that. Den- I can tell. No, you got pretty close. Did I? Okay, so there's good. denial. Yeah. Yeah, you got close. Denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And there's actually a sixth one floating around at the moment, which is purpose. So we go through that for almost everything, not just for the loss of a loved one. So, I mean, just think about what this year has taken from a lot of people. It's taken employment, it's taken plans, it's taken holidays. And yes, I know that's all like first world problems, but it's still a problem, okay? And it still brings that experience and emotion of grief and loss. And we've all gone through it. You know, we've gone through the depression, uh, the denial phase of it. Oh, it'll be fine. Give it six weeks. We'll all be back up and running. It's all good. Yeah. Okay, that didn't happen. Then we've got anger. Why the hell won't you just wear your goddamn mask? Just wear it. Yeah. <laughs> then you've got your bargaining. Oh, but do I have to, you know, can, can I still go see my mom if I say it's for this? Like, do I really have to do that? Then there's the depression side of it, which is like, holy crap. No, I actually can't see them. And I can't do that. And I'm not going to be able to go do this. And I've lost that celebration. And oh my God, what if I don't have my job next week? What's going to happen? And then eventually you will hit acceptance and then it's purpose. Okay. So what's my new purpose? How do I adapt to this? How do I make this work for me? You've got to go through all of that. Okay. And you're going to jump back between the stages as well. It's not a, unfortunately, it's not a fun little like ladder. You actually kind of go back and forth, but we've all gone through that for different things this year. Whatever it is. Yeah, and and the funny thing is, right? Well, not funny, but the I, I guess the the quirky thing about this whole thing <laughs> is that usually when when you are grieving, you're absolutely right. Like you're you're, I guess you know, leaning on your friends and leaning on your family to to see through that. And now that's that's been stripped away, right? Mm. And and that that makes it difficult. But I guess some solace in that is that we're all going through the same thing. Right. Yeah, 
Um, yeah, <laughs> I was just when you touched on the on the mask thing. I don't know if you if you've been. I'm sure you've been keeping up with it. That that woman that so two things that first that Bunnings lady that that didn't wear her mask, and yeah. then um, that other one. I think she got through the checkpoint. But did you, did you see that one? The woman that got through the checkpoint and yeah. videotaped it, and then I think she got arrested down down the yeah. track. <laughs> What's your take on that sort of thing happening? Look, this is again, it's it's human reactions yeah. to feeling like like we're not safe and to feeling like there's a constant uncertainty. And again, it's that it's the grief process. So people reacting in these ways, it's like there's it's just trying to understand, well, where did that motivation come from? You know, what is it that they're kind of experiencing right now? Because I can't point fingers and say, you know, they absolutely suck. Like that's, that's unfair. Cause I don't know who they are. I don't know what's motivating them. Do yeah. I think it's right to not comply with legislations and laws that are to keep people safe? I don't think it's right, but I'm also not going to say, I understand what was going on for that person. Yeah. So they could be going through, you know, that anger stage or that bargaining stage or just really, fighting against everything that's been happening because they don't feel safe or comfortable with it. Yeah. So much as I know everybody is going to express emotions and react in a different way, that's fine. But my biggest thing is always just don't let it hurt anyone else around you. You know, as long as you're not putting others at risk, you're, you're okay to have your reaction, but don't put other people at risk. That's the biggest yeah. thing. Yeah. Which I think, I think that was the sort of um, the, the backlash that they, they face not not so much. I'm I'm not too sure about the checkpoint lady because I don't know. Um, like her driving through a checkpoint really isn't putting anyone at risk unless unless she went and you know started like hugging people and spreading it and whatever. That's you know if she had it. Um, yeah. But then that that lady that didn't have her mask in in Bunnings, right? She was you know right in those people's faces complaining and then yeah. you know taking up police resources to to say i've got human rights as yeah. as a female and it's like okay but you know just just put your mask on and it's it's interesting that maybe they're still going through that denial phase where yeah they don't you know and and i look i find myself going through it as well like i don't want to accept how shit the pandemic is Right? Yeah. and you try to find things like i keep track of the numbers every day and and keep track of the growth fact that i sort of see if that's going down right to give myself yeah. a bit of comfort so you know it's it's there and and that grieving process is seems to be happening collectively which is super interesting yeah. and i did want to touch on something you, you said earlier so what's the when you said the uh, the psychologist side of you is is looking at this as a, a big social experiment, feel like, well, what do you mean? Well, I mean it kind of is. I mean it's putting it's putting everybody into this entirely new situation, and we have all had to respond and adapt in completely new ways that we never expected. And what it's done is connect every single human being at a really base level. So I guess the interesting part of it is. Well, I don't know if interesting is the right word, but I don't know what else to put it as, is to see, well, how do we all come together? You know, how are we all responding to this? How do we fall apart in this as well? You know, what's kind of motivating um, solution-focused thinking versus problem-focused thinking? 
thinking and how are we all going to come out of this on the other end? You know, I mean, I think something that I've noticed um, professionally is that people who have experienced anxiety for a really long time, they were quite well equipped to deal with this in the sense of feeling anxious every day is something that they already knew how to do. So yes, it was adapting to a new stressor, but they already knew what it felt like to live with uncertainty. Okay. Mm -hmm. People who'd never really experienced anxiety or depression or experienced any kind of issues with mental health, this was a whole new ball game for them. They actually weren't as well prepared to deal with a pandemic as people who already did experience um, mental health issues. So yeah. a powering part for people who have had experiences of mental health is you actually got you know, some resources that not everybody else does right now. And I'm not saying it's, a, you know, it's good that everyone's going through it, but I do notice a lot more empathy and understanding for mental health now because people who never really knew what it was have now been forced to really look at what it is, yeah. you know? So I guess trying to see that, that positive side of things, the realistic positivity is maybe at the end of all of this, we're going to have a lot more empathy and understanding and compassion for mental health conditions because yeah. People who've never experienced it, which I'm really grateful they haven't, but now they've actually been forced into a position of understanding this is real and the anxiety exists and depression exists and lifestyle changes can really impact that and maybe I need to develop a bit more sensitivity towards it. So I can see that as a positive thing that can come out of the pandemic, you know, and I think that's the biggest thing we need to do is work out well, what would be some positive things to take away from this. You know, we've seen so much innovation, creativity, connection. You know, I know that there's the, for lack of a better term, the Karens out there. That I know that's been like trending, yeah. all of the Karens. <laughs> I know that they exist, but I think that a lot more connection and empowerment has existed throughout this pandemic. I think we've yeah. seen a lot more people really coming together and being there for each other. So if that yeah. can be something that we can take out of it, I think that's a good thing. Yeah, and, and that's a it's a really interesting thing. Um, well, that's a really interesting perspective of you know, it, it sounds like essentially collectively it'd be interesting to see if we become more empathetic of each other, right? Yeah. Yeah, and and I guess you know for anyone that's sort of listening or tuning in, the the thing is, you know, maybe instead of worrying about oh what's the impact on me, which as you said it's fine to sort of feel a bit shit sometimes, yeah. um, you know you can maybe take the sort of point of view of, okay, what can I do to, to make it better for someone else? Yeah. Right. And we've seen so much of that, you know, like even just at work, I've had some beautiful work colleagues who make masks and they've just handed them out to all of us, you know, these beautiful little creative ones instead of those really crappy blue things that we've had to wear. Yeah. Um, just connection, you know, I think that that really solidifies that we are all in this together. Yeah. Um I guess kind of going back to your loneliness question, that's something we all need to be mindful of. We are all in this together, but sometimes we need to adapt to new ways of being able to stay connected with our friends and, you know, yeah. and our family. It, it might not feel the same. We you know Easter and everything this year looked different for a lot of people. There was heaps who did, you know, the house party app or they had to zoom with, you know, um, nephews and nieces and all of that sort of stuff to open up their presents or there was the lovely like drop buyers with all of the gift um little yeah. gift package you drop off that was actually really fun I love doing that <laughs> one of my friends really gets a kick out of it so I got a lot of care packages <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice one. yeah but that's little things that you can do to still know that you know you're there for each other yeah um and I think a huge thing is if you notice 
I'm feeling really negative. I'm feeling disconnected. I, I've been not logging on to the Zoom chats with friends or I've been ignoring phone calls or I've been ignoring texts. That's a really big thing to pay attention to for yourself. It's okay to do that at times. If you're feeling completely mentally, physically, emotionally exhausted from your day or whatever's happened, it's okay to take recharge time and you might not want to actually engage with your social supports that night. That's fine. But don't do it repetitively. You know, it's like still engage at times. Maybe tomorrow do log in for the, the lunch or the brunch or whatever it is that your friends might be doing. Um, touch base with mum and dad or family members or whoever it is. But if you start to forget what people look like and sound like, you've gone too far. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that that's um, that's something that I think you know, and I, I don't know a lot of people do this, but that's something that I found by me meditating. Um, more often yeah. and and I, I meditate in a way where if my mind wanders and starts running off I just pay attention to the fact that it's it's wandering and running off right yes. um, so that's that's one thing that I, I noticed that's sort of helped me during this whole um, pandemic that we're currently still going through um, <laughs> that, I, that I, find, I find that okay just by doing that, and I only meditate maybe like twice, twice a day, maybe sometimes 10 minutes a day, and, and some days I just cannot be fucking bothered meditating at all, so I don't, right? Yeah. Um, because if you if you force yourself to do it, you just find yourself, you're sitting there with your eyes closed, upset for 10 minutes. Yes. <laughs> but um, I, I find that, that that practice, you know, if anything, not, not only does it help you sort of calm down a little, but you start to pick up on, okay, Oh, my brain's sort of starting to think about this stuff that um, is making me feel anxious and it's just making yourself more aware of your thought patterns and of your actual thoughts because yes. I, I can't remember what book it was that I read, but they, they put it in such a good way that if you actually pay attention to your thoughts, it's like having an insane roommate because if you think about the way your brain talks to itself, it, it literally jumps from thing to thing. Like it might just be, you know, it might, it might just be thinking, oh, the pandemic sucks. Oh, look, you know, that that's a weird looking cat. Oh, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to respond to this text message. And if you spoke to someone that way where your, your thoughts and your speech is all scattered, you're going to sound yeah. nuts. Now that same exact <laughs> voice is, is living inside your own head. So I guess one way, and you know, I'm not sure if it's it's psychologist approved, so please correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> I find that one way to to start paying attention to your thoughts is is either meditating, and if meditating is not your thing, you know, journaling at the at the end of the yeah. day or, or the start of your day, just journaling a few of your thoughts down about okay, what bugged me out today? What made me feel good today? Right. Yeah. So yeah. Go on. Yeah, so meditating is something that some people really, really connect with and you nailed it on the head there. Meditating is not about turning your mind off or being blank or not having any thoughts. It's actually the complete opposite. It's just being mindful and noticing, oh, yeah, my thoughts have drifted a little bit. Let me just bring that back now. Yeah. That's good. If you can do that 100 times during meditation, you've done a really good job. It means you've just really paid attention and stayed mindful throughout that entire process. Some people can feel really recharged and relaxed after yeah. doing a meditation process other people might feel a little bit more anxious it just depends on what's going on for you at that point in time that day or whatever um journaling is a good um alternative to that so some people say i hate writing 
that's cool. You've got two options. You can either do it the old fashioned way, get a really nice book, start writing some stuff down, but have a little bit of a process to it. So a good thing is not always just word vomiting. There might be days where it's like, I just want to all over the, the paper and get it out. That's fine. Go for your life. But yeah. if you find that you're just writing all negative stuff and you're starting to get to a bit of a broody kind of mood, like, oh, everything sucks and I hate, <laughs> hate it all. <laughs> yeah. to put in a little bit more of um, a structure to the yeah. journaling. So what I normally start with when I journal is I'll name three things that have gone really well, um, either that day or that week, or it depends how often I'm journaling. So just name three positive things that have happened. Okay. Then you can word vomit, go for your life, just yeah. ugh, everything on the page and do it, but then end with three positive things about yourself. So three positive statements. So I am kind, I am whatever, like whatever feels good for you at that moment, but it's having a structure of, um, it's what I call sandwich the shit. So start with a positive, negative, and then a positive. Yeah. Okay. It feels like um, the feedback I get at work. <laughs> yes, it works for a lot of stuff. So yeah. that's what people enjoy actually writing. Yeah. Others don't really love doing the whole proper pen to paper and, you know, doing all the journaling sort of stuff. But there's still ways to start to um, monitor or track your mood. Um, there's some really good apps. There's one called Dailyo that I really enjoy. So mm. that's got a little like emojis that you can pick. So it's literally like, how was your day? Like, how did you feel? You can say good, bad, meh, whatever. And it's got little faces on yeah. it. You can literally just look at it. And then it'll say, what did you do today? And it's got all different options. for like, did you sleep? Did you eat? Did you go for a walk? Talk to friends? You just click what you did. So it basically journals what you did that day. Um, if you want to add notes, you can, but that's kind of a way to just monitor how am I going over a long period of time. So you can see, you know, how many good days versus bad days versus meh days for the month. And then you can start to see a pattern of, well, the days that I talked to a friend and worked out, I actually felt a little bit better. Maybe that's something I should be including into my routine a little bit more. What, what, what was that app? D- Daily, Dailyo? Dailyo. Yep. Okay, perfect. I actually might jump onto that. That sounds like it's fun it's easy it takes like two minutes so on the days where you're like i don't really want to spend 30 minutes writing in my journal you can just take two minutes to still monitor your mood and stuff yeah i like that um hey stace so i'm, I'm just mindful of time I, I know i've taken up um a bit more than than i promised initially but what else am i going to do i'm in lockdown <laughs> <laughs> Is, is there is there anything else that you sort of wanted to touch on in terms of you know well i mean we, we could also talk about so people that um might have lost lost their job sort of thing or, or anything else you wanted to touch on um that might just sort of help people through this you know tricky yeah. period for all of us yeah I mean, look, anyone who's lost their job, I know that it feels like you're facing a bit of an uphill battle right now in the sense of a, not a whole lot of places are hot. Oh, actually, that's there's certain industries that have really boomed during the pandemic. So delivery driving, Coles, um, Aldi Woolworths, uh, telehealth services, call centres, all of those things have absolutely skyrocketed yeah. because it's like inundated with what they need, especially yeah. transport industries and stuff like that so i think it's mindful to start to look at um your short-term goals versus your long-term goals okay because right now your short-term work goal might literally be i just need money i just need to get through the pandemic and my long-term goal is going to be to get back into what i really enjoyed and that's totally cool but let's stick with the short term for now and remember it is just short term whatever job you get right now it's not saying this is your forever job this is your pandemic job okay so you know anything like like pig packing, warehouses, like think about, you know, everything that people actually need right now. Chemist Warehouse, 
holy crap, think about how many people are actually ordering all of their medication and stuff online now. Yeah. Gotta pick and pack that stuff. So, I mean, look, it's not, um, it might not be your most favorite or glamorous job in the world, but there's no shame in it. I definitely did a lot of like pick packing and stock replenishment and all of that in my day. It's totally fine. It's if you can make some money off it and get through this, go for your life, but be yeah. a bit creative looking at okay what is my short-term goal to get out of this current position and when life finally starts to pick back up then what can I look into so that's yeah. one thing that you can definitely do um and I think um as far as the staying connected with people that's still a really big one okay yeah so it's finding new ways to stay connected do more online stuff if you need to actually pick up the phone and call people I think we always forget that one like it's I know that you might not always be motivated to do it you might think oh god I can't be bothered being on the phone for the next 20 minutes but then when you actually do talk to your friend or your family member you feel better you yeah. know like I think we just kind of fall into a rut at times so it's kind of like just do it just call have it have a 10 minute conversation if you want but majority of the time it pushes out to 40 because again what else are we going to do yeah. um <laughs> have like family dinners if you can you know even if that is just FaceTime or talking over it like just be creative with it um yeah. Little bits and pieces I know can be really beneficial just to give you a quick mood boost. Have like a happy playlist, okay? I've literally created a pandemic playlist, which is just full uh, of happy songs. Yeah, legit. Yeah. It's full of old school happy songs that are just boppy and dancey and that just make me feel good, you know? Yeah. So it's like if I am entering that kind of sullen stage of, ugh, this all sucks. Yeah. Music is such an important tool that I think a lot of us forget how important it can be. So if you like music create a pandemic playlist, not a moody one, create one that is happy, upbeat, and will kind of get you out of that kind of funk. Yeah. Um, what else is there? Looking back at old photos and stuff. So again, some of us are feeling really isolated and thinking, oh my God, do I not have any friends? Look at your photos, okay? Look at the times where you did go out or the trips that you went on or, you know, when you find that when you were in Europe, God knows how long ago, when it's like... Oh, don't talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> It'll happen, but it's really good yeah. to look back at those things and I guess, one, be reminded I am loved and I have so many people and incredible friends in my life. I can't see them right now, but I've had all of these amazing memories with them and we're going to create more. We're just not going to do it right now. Yeah. yeah? So just finding ways to um, kind of shift that mindset. So, yes, we can't travel right now, but be grateful for all the stuff you might have been able to do before and look forward to what you can do in the future. Yeah. And the biggest one, um, know that it is okay to reach out for professional support if you do need it yeah. during this time. You know, mental health has taken a big hit for all the reasons we've talked about. But, I mean, there's also so many things to be mindful of with this lifestyle change. Yeah. There's an increase in domestic violent cases. Not everybody is safe at home. So it is really important to take that into consideration and know when you need to ask for support. You can do that through crisis services or hotlines. Um, Headtohealth.gov.au has some incredible resources on there as far as links to all of the the resources for COVID-19, links to like Lifeline, Beyond Blue, Headspace, Mendeline, Suicide Line, all of that sort of stuff. Um, But if you really do feel like you just need somebody to talk to, you can go to your GP and you can get a mental health care plan. A lot of psychologists, and counsellors and all that sort of stuff have turned to tally health at the moment because we have to, but it means it's a lot more accessible now. So more yeah. accessible than ever being. So even if you're in a, r- a rural area or anything like that, remote servicing is really possible now. So there's no shame or guilt in talking to someone either. Yeah. You know, sometimes you just need that person to 
hear us and to give us some support and strategies and just help us get through something that is, I'm going to say the U word, unprecedented times. I can't tell you how many times I've written that in an email, yeah. but that's what we're in. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So it's okay to ask for help if you need it. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, I, I sort of feel like in the past, especially, um, especially I don't, I don't know. There's absolutely no data behind this, but I feel like for males, right. Speaking yes. to a psychologist was sort of seen as, Oh, that guy's got issues, but mate, like I, I don't think that at all, just as you'd go to the GP for a cold or, you know, you might go see a personal trainer for your physical health or a nutritionist. Yeah, man, our, our brains and our thoughts. I don't know why we put a stigma around that or why we'd ignore you know, tending to that, right? Because it is, it is yeah. a very real thing and it's a, like, like our brain controls everything that we do, right? So to sort of ignore that um, or, or feel shame in the fact that you might need to talk to someone, that should absolutely not be there, regardless, regardless of whether you think you're depressed or not depressed. Like, man, just, just like go, go for it. Like you'll, you'll, you'll feel good yeah. for it, you know? Right. Um hundred percent. So something that you, you were sort of talking about before though, about, um, you know, people losing their jobs and then, you know, needing might have a pandemic, uh, a pandemic job, which might be pickpacking or, or driving mm. and that sort of thing. The way I like to frame that is, um, you know, always, always used to talk to, um, sort of the, the old generation that, that had been through World War II, for instance. And yeah. you'd ask them like, oh, you know, what, what was it like? And, and they'd tell you, oh, we used to have to ration out our food and X, Y, and Z, and I had to, you know, escape from this place. This is sort of the story that we're going to be telling, you know, our future kids and grandkids be like, oh, you know, you might not, not know this, but, you know, even though I work this X, Y, and Z job, there was a period yeah. in my life where I was, you know, I, I went from the job that I loved to, to packing boxes and, and, you know, delivering Uber Eats. Right. And, and that's, exactly. yeah. And that to me, is kind of like a, a cool story because, you know, it is forward looking, but it's a cool story because it's going to be like, well, you know, things fucked up for me and yeah. I, I was resilient enough to see it through. Right. Yeah. So, so hopefully I feel that's the, the take people take on it. If, if they're, you know, sort of feeling shit about having to do a job they don't have to do. But I, th I think at this stage, you know, it's, um, it's really, it is, it's, it's about, it's about surviving, you know, this sort of, uh, yeah. Unprecedented time. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's exactly what it is. You know, it is just surviving it. And you said a great word there. It's just the resilience of, of um, getting through this as well. Yeah. And uh, I saw a quote really early on in this pandemic that said, um, you know, our grandparents were sent to war. You're being sent to the couch. I think you'll be okay. <laughs> it's like <laughs> not to downplay or minimize any of the distressing emotions that we're going through. But I think yeah. having that perspective shift is really important at times. Like, yes, of course, we've all got our down day. And of course we, again, valid emotions. You can feel what you feel, but having a perspective shift is really, really important. You know? Yeah. So yes, my, my grandpa was actually sent to war. Yeah. I'm being told to go on the couch and watch Netflix and wear a mask. So yeah. yes, and yes, there's grief and yes, there is loss, but have that perspective and just be really mindful of, okay, 
uh, I hate the expression it could be worse because I feel like it minimizes what you're going through, but it's just yeah. being mindful of, well, what have people survived in the past? You know, they could get through that. I can get through this. We can all survive this together. Yeah. Oh, you could, you can even use that as a, as a source of inspiration, right? I mean, if, if yeah. someone's been through something traumatic and, and they've seen it through, um, you know, like why, why not, why not sort of have that, you know, that same story of where you saw a shit time through in your own life. And, you know, a lot of times there are external factors, right. But a lot of yeah. that can be controlled um, by the way you react to the situation. Yeah. You know, and, and the caveat 100%. being is it's absolutely okay to feel like shit. It is again. And that's, that's the complexity of humans, isn't it? It's like, yeah. yes, I feel like crap, but I can also still try try and shift my perspective to make myself not feel so crappy. Yeah. <laughs> um, just that fine line. It's acknowledging and accepting your emotions and being okay with it and being forgiving of yourself when you do experience negative emotions, but also taking that active next step. Once you've acknowledged it and accepted it, now take that next step into, well, how do I shift it and how do I start to move myself forward? Yeah. It's just the process. We go through every single day, but it's yeah. always just being like, of acknowledge and accept then start moving forward, but you've got to do the yeah. first two. <laughs> and and the, the the thing I'm looking forward to the most is okay. I'll put I'll put it this way. So I see that you you know you've got very good eating habits and and yeah. um, most of the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, if let, let's say yeah, like shit the whole time, right? The 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 food that you enjoy if you have a healthy eating, you know, lifestyle, you know, you, you'll enjoy like a, you know, a chocolate bar or a piece of cake a lot more than if you had cake for every meal. Right. So yeah. it's sort of like you're sacrificing, you know, the, the good stuff. Right. And when I say good stuff, it's like the sugary, you know, sort of treats or the savory sort of pizza. Right. But it's like, you look forward to, to that, you know, you start, you begin to look forward to, oh, I'm going to enjoy this piece of pizza. I'm going to enjoy this piece of cake so much. Cause I've, I've, you know, restricted myself from enjoying it. I want everybody to understand that right now we're restricting ourselves from partying and socializing that once mm. the lid gets lifted, just how fucking epic <laughs> that celebration is going to be. So there is light at the end of the tunnel. Yes. <laughs> hundred percent. There is definitely a light at the end of the tunnel. And I mean, you know, it's the way that you kind of describe it. Like, I like that you actually describe pizza as good. Thank you. I hate when people say that pizza is a bad food or a cheap food. It's oh. like, no, that all food is good. Like, yeah. food. but again, you know, it goes back to that moderation and balance. And, you know, we were so used to being able to be able to pick and choose whatever we do. And it was mm. like, oh, you can go out every weekend or I can do this. And yes, right now we do have to sacrifice yes we need to limit what we're doing we need to let go of certain things we need to lose certain things at this particular period of time because we have to for people's health safety and to limit risk yeah but when that all goes away and we do get to go back out holy crap is that going to be fun oh yeah <laughs> it's right. going to be really exciting <laughs> i'm not ashamed i'm definitely going to shed a few tears hugging some people a hundred percent Oh my God, of course, you know, and again, this, but I guess that's the concept of sacrifice, you know, like yeah. what is worth it, we will sacrifice for and to keep our loved ones and our family and our elderly safe, that to me is worth it. You yeah. know, if I, uh, God, I mean, I've had to postpone 
and my wedding from this year to next year. Yeah. And I know that again, it's going to go to a problem, but it's such a valid yeah. thing. But all I think of is I am willing to sacrifice that to keep my family and my loved ones safe. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, if we swapped the roles here, if it was our youth that was actually higher risk due to this, could you imagine the lengths that our parents and grandparents would go oh, to? Absolutely, to yeah. yeah. Like they would sacrifice everything, like every single thing to make sure that we are okay. So I think that it's only fair that we do the exact same. Oh, absolutely. And, and I mean, it shouldn't have to get to the point where, Oh, now that it's affecting young people, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start, you know, playing by the rules. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just every life is so precious and so important. So, yes, I know there's a lot that is happening from this. I know there's been a big impact on mental health. I know restrictions and lockdown is not fun for anyone to experience, but just be mindful we are in this together. There is support around you, and it's okay to reach out for it. It's just going to be in a new way. It's going to be in an adapted way, but eventually life will go back to a new normal. It will probably look different to what it did pre-COVID as well. Yeah. There will probably be certain things that we do keep and that we adapt and that's okay. Just yeah. look forward to what the new normal is going to be. And when you finally are able to hug people again, hug them a lot. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, so what do you, what do you think the, the new normal, like, what, what do you think we're going to keep out of, out of this? Um, I think we'll keep like in a professional sense, I think that we'll keep a lot more, um, I guess like remote servicing ideas. So for the mental health profession, I think the access to telehealth, like this was always something that we really wanted, um, to be more of a mainstream thing, but there was a lot of little things that we wanted to kind of test and practice before really rolling it out on a large scale that just for lack of a better term got shot to shit. And we just had to really speed that up to make yeah. sure that everyone still had access to help. So, I mean, a positive side of that is that mental health is uh, support and even physical health support, you know, doctors being able to do a lot more telehealth options now has really opened the gateway to a lot more servicing for people. Yeah. So I think hundred percent a positive positive and I think that's going to stay I think that people will still be facilitating telehealth options and making that more accessible to the wider community so that I want to keep for sure and I know that um, a lot of professionals are going to do that so that's a new normal but it's in a good way you know yeah. all the hand sanitizing stations and stuff like keep that that's not a bad idea like, yeah I love that I think it's good you might yeah. as well keep that but I, again, I think it just in the new normal, I hope that a lot of us who have needed to go through this and to survive this will have a newfound appreciation and respect for the really simple things, being able to go hug your mom or hug your dad or hug mm. your friend or be able to have, you know, a couple of people over. I think we'll put a lot more um, respect um, towards those things in the new normal when we're finally allowed to do it again. You know, I can only imagine how many 18ths and 21st that weren't happening this year oh, are going to yeah and just how as we said epic that would be so i think the new normal will have a lot of um i'll have a lot of positives to it i think it's a matter of just not forgetting how important these things are just because we're going to adapt to them and think that they're um, stock standard again yeah and and i really hope now that when someone's sick they don't come in to work because that shits me even <laughs> When someone comes into work and they're like, you know, like, oh, I'm feeling like sick. And I don't know what I'm doing here. It's like, I don't know what you're doing here. Go, go home. Like, just 
just stay home if you're feeling like shit. I, I don't think that should be a, a <laughs> pandemic thing. And and hopefully, you know, um, like I understand some people can't miss a shift, right? It's it's different. Yeah. I'm talking more from an office perspective. Yeah, um, yeah. But I also I also think um, the new the new normal is is going to be that um, a lot of people are going to work from home if if they can. But I yeah. I don't think how to put it. I feel like when someone's new to an office or new to a, a role, for instance, it's it's really yeah. important for their their character development and the interpersonal skills to actually speak to people and and you know. Um, <laughs> interact with people in, a, in a, a professional environment so hopefully that doesn't go away um but yeah i think i think there's going to be a lot of things um they're going to feel weird once they resume i mean being on a packed train or being at a packed yeah. music event or a packed bar um you know it's, it's going to be interesting to sort of see whether or not you know people adjust to that or if that sort of thing begins to make them feel more anxious right yeah, that'll be a, I guess, a really interesting thing. And we're not going to know what that feels like until it happens. Like, yeah. I think even in that really brief window between OG lockdown and lockdown two, I don't know about you, but like I went to one cafe and I was like, this feels weird. It yeah. feels weird. <laughs> I mean, I loved it. I love going to the cafe, but it felt odd. And I mean, um, you know, I got to, thank goodness, go back to Studio 3 where yeah. I do all of classes and workouts and they had all of the precautions in place of course so it was a very safe environment and I felt yeah. safe there but I felt like I was just leaving the house and driving on the freeway like that was the weirdest thing yeah. like literally being on the freeway for the first time in like I don't know six or seven weeks yeah I'm like am I am I doing something wrong like I haven't <laughs> even left for the last, like god knows how long so I think that that's going to be just a new shift that we all kind yeah. of get used to. I mean, we haven't been on the freeway for the last like three weeks. So that's going to be a whole new thing again. Yeah. Little stuff that we're going to have to go, okay, I'm going to slowly build up my, my safety as I do this. But when things in life starts to reopen, that's when we're going to start to see, you know, that as we talked about Maslow's hierarchy at the start, that's when we'll start to see, you know, the level three, four, five of that hierarchy start to come back, yeah. you know, start to engage with people a bit more. We'll start to feel a bit more settled and a, a lot more security and safety will come back. It's just going to take time. Like it yeah. all does, like the whole security is lasting. So until we feel as though it's going to be more of a permanent solution, we're going to just be kind of riding that wave for a little while. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Stace, moving away from the mental health aspect, I've, I've been Don asked this since you mentioned it because a few people okay. have posted about it and I've, I, I'm so not with it in terms of what's going on with celebrity gossip. Was, can, you, can you explain this Britney Spears thing to me? Because a few people... Oh, really. oh, oh God. All I know is what I've read on like BuzzFeed and stuff. I don't know. <laughs> Um, there's been this whole like free Britney movement. So I, I don't know how much of his like valid, but yeah. I think the premise was um, that her mental health has been, you know, suffering for a bit. But when she went through that, you know, the Britney stage, because that's what everybody refers to it as. So the is whole it, like, baby that the, the shaved head. Walking? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, obviously, she really needed some support at yeah. that time. Um, and 
I think that's when something happened, like her dad, uh, or I could be wrong, but I think her dad or a family member kind of took, um, for lack of a better term, like legal ownership of everything that she could potentially do um, and kind of became a keeper for her own safety and support. And I think at that time it was valid, but that's just kept going. So I think it was only supposed to be for like a year or two years and it's been ever since then. So I think the whole free Britney movement is like, give her her freedom back. But again, from an old man. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I don't know how valid it is, but that's what I've seen. (laughs) I don't know. Look, when it comes to that stuff, I mean, she would live such a different reality to the rest of us that, um, you know, I sort of look at what happened with uh, with Michael Jackson, and and um, yeah. I think someone was it his lawyer had the the power of attorney over him, and some so, I don't know some weird shit went down with Michael Jackson. So I wouldn't put it yeah. past happening to Britney, but I, I did start seeing a lot yeah. of posts about um, you know free Britney X Y and Z, and I was like, oh man, like what the fuck's happening? <laughs> and then you mentioned it's been it. A lot been a lot of things kind of trending um <laughs> during the <laughs> pandemic so I never know how much to kind of believe but I mean I guess that's a that's something I didn't actually touch on during all of this is um there's a lot of news there is a lot of media there is a lot of COVID-19 coverage yeah. and I am all for staying um you know in the know and staying up to date with really relevant information. I think that that's important so that you're not walking around with a false sense of security. But there is also um, an oversaturation that we can start yeah. to experience. Um, you know, every single news report, every single current affair, or like everything, it's COVID-19, it's the latest conspiracy theory, it's the blah, 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 blah. Yeah. It can get exhausting. So limit your exposure to news and media when you can. Like I know a lot of us are spending a lot more time on our phones, of course, during a pandemic. If you're going to do that, just be really strict and mindful on what you're actually exposing yourself to, because there's some helpful stuff and there's some really unhelpful stuff. So even just setting limits on your app time, like there's stuff on your phone with the screen time thing, you can actually like limit how much exposure you're getting to certain apps. So just be really mindful because technology free hours can be really, really beneficial during this as well. Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, you've got to keep in mind, right? So there's, there's two numbers that get reported. So there's, so let's say there's, you know, 700 cases. That's the mm. number the media runs with. So there'll be like 700 yeah. new cases, 700. But the real number is might be like 620, right? Because they had to reclassify 80 for duplication. And I, and I wonder, I'm like, okay, well, you know, if you want someone to click on your, you know, if you want someone to read your article versus somebody else's article, you're going to sensationalize it more. So I think we really need to be yeah. careful with sensation, well, reading things that are sensationalized. Oh, um, yeah. And, you know, just sort of like, I don't want to get too, to sort of down a rabbit hole here, but sort of being careful with the way the media portrays a few things, you know. So yeah. we had those those two girls from Queensland that came down here to, to steal bags. They ended up getting COVID, and they they went back to Queensland, and and you know they've begun a community transmission there, which is like, what fucking right. But um, man, I guarantee you, the the media is going to run with that story rather than concentrating on you know okay, how, how do we sort of suppress this? What, what's, the, what's the good news? You know, who survived this? Who's recovered from it? What's the recovery yeah. rate? 
right? Um, you know, what's the growth rate? Like the growth rate's the important thing in this whole thing. Like how quickly mm. is the virus reproducing? Like that's an important number and that's yeah. not spoken about that much, right? So I think we do need to be careful with what we consume, right? On, 100%, on, yeah. yeah. And, and I find that... And like keeping a balance as well, yeah. I think. Like if you're going to... Like, because there is sensationalised media, but then there are also some really positive good news stories coming out of all of this as well. But that's just not the clickbait one that people um, are drawn to a lot of the time. So yeah. you might have to go searching for more of the positive stuff, but I think it's good to give yourself that balance to see, okay, yeah, there was 700 or whatever cases, but where's the positives here? Like, is there a good news story that happened? Is there someone who's been really helpful or has given to the community or is there something good coming out of this? Because yeah. there's both right now. Yeah. And, and um, I think the best way to look at it is just look, like, look at the numbers on, on, you can uh, jump on covidlive.com.au. They'll, they'll just give you the numbers like that. I find for me personally, yeah. that's the best way. Like you, you don't, you don't have any fluff yeah. around it. It's just, Exactly. Yeah. Stick with like reputable resources is probably my, my biggest thing. If you want to research it, that's totally cool, but go with a reputable site that's actually more science-based or, you know, whatever it is, not so much like I do love a good BuzzFeed article, but I don't know how valid a lot of their stuff I don't, is. I don't mind the BuzzFeed quizzes either. <laughs> Which Disney character are you? Yeah, what chocolate bar are you? <laughs> yeah, they can be fun. Yeah. Um, hey, if you don't mind me asking, so um, how'd you how'd you go with the the wedding um, cancellations, that sort of thing? Like, were the venues all right in terms of refunding you guys yeah. money or changing dates? Yeah, they and that were sort actually nah, because um, so we were scheduled for September this year, and we pushed back to September next year. So because yeah. it was um such a period of time, we got pretty lucky in the sense of um, all of the money was really easily transferred to just the new date. Um, and all of my suppliers who had already put deposits down for um, were more than accommodating and just transferred everything yeah. to the new one. Um, shout out to Potter's Receptions, Michael Briggs Photography and Director's Edge. Absolutely killer team. I'm very excited <laughs> for when I finally do get to carry it. Yeah. Um, but no, it's been pretty good. I think a lot of people in that industry are really accommodating at this stage. I haven't heard too many horror stories, which is really reassuring. A lot of it's been quite positive and everyone's just really doing the best that they can with it. So, you know, it wasn't too bad at the end of the day. I did my grieving process. I went through all, <laughs> all my stages and now I'm at the next step, which is, okay, cool. Get excited for next year. <laughs> and and are, you, are you still keeping the same size guest list or does that sort of have to I change? So. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right so aiming for like 150 or so yeah. um obviously we'll just have to see where the world's at um september next year i mean fingers yeah. crossed where it's a long time really hoping that we're back to some kind of normal by then but yeah it's like everything you just got to adapt and start to replan if you need to yeah i'll look up I don't don't want to jinx it, but I think I think by then, hopefully, I I, I know vaccines been approved in Canada. Mm-hmm. I think it was Canada, but I know vaccine somewhere in the world's been approved and and. I successful. think Russia had one. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, well, look, it, it's so it sort of seems to be sort of happening, and then hopefully by then we've built some sort of immunity to it. Right. I don't know how viruses well, work. So. It's like it's a long time away. So I'm like, I'm like, if it's if the world is still in trouble by September next year, I think I'll have bigger things to worry about than a wedding. So yeah, we'll just see how we go. <laughs> when you frame it like that, yeah, absolutely right. 
Awesome. Stace, look, um, thank you so much for your time. I, I really appreciate it. And, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully next time we do this, it's not over Zoom. But Yes, I know. That would be really nice. <laughs> awesome cool um yeah look um if if there's uh if there's anything that you know people need to jump onto it's um to sort of deal with the mental health aspects so there are the free resources which is as, as you said was it um beyond blue um yeah yeah so there's uh beyond blue there's lifeline um head to health.gov.au has access to pretty much every australian support at the moment um it's really easy to use website as well. So that's probably the best bet. Um, and obviously visiting your GP if you need to do that as well to get a mental health care plan. Awesome, cool. All right, Stace, cool.